Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm here with Paul Renner and Denise Renner, and we are so privileged that we can be with you. Thank you for letting us be with you. And today we want to give you an update about the emergency situation that we're living in. And I have to tell you that right now, we're working from morning to night to do what we can to help people that have been displaced. Guys, in the evenings, I've just been falling in bed to go to sleep because I'm giving every ounce of my strength every single day right now. Our minds are just so busy about how to get this relief to people that are in trouble. And if you've already given to this project, we want to say thank you. And we felt that this week we needed to give you an update about what your giving has done. And so far, we have provided tons and tons of relief. It is amazing the boxes and boxes and trucks and teams that we've already sent out to the people that have been displaced. And when we made our first programs, there were about a million displaced people. Now there are five million displaced people, and many of them are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. And they need to know that we've not forgotten about them. And when we can show up with relief, it's like a box of love shows up. And they know that somebody is thinking about them. Think of the times in your life when you've been going through a hard time and you've wondered, is anybody even aware of what I'm going through? And then somebody called you or somebody reached out to you. Think of what that meant to you. Right now, we can reach out to people who are really sitting in darkness because of what has happened to them. They've lost their homes. They don't even know if they have a home to go back to. They don't know if they'll ever be able to get back to their house. Right now, we have two teams that are on their way to a conflict zone where there aren't even any roads left. Isn't that right, Paul? I spoke to a missionary that was just recently in the conflict zone, and he said, when you go there, you should expect to lose your bumper, your front bumper, your back bumper. You should expect to lose your muffler because the roads, there were roads at one time, there were roads, but the roads now are so bad that if he, he's driving a stick shift. He said, I can't even get out of first gear, first, second gear, first, second gear. The driving is so slow. And one of our teams that is going there, they're going about 60 miles into the conflict zone to help people that they know there that are in need right now. And in the conflict zone, food is scarce. Food is literally scarce. Some people are literally starving. So the help that we're providing is needed, very needed. And Father, we pray for safety to be with our team as they take this relief there. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. We plead the 91st Psalm over Amen. them with long life. You will satisfy them and show them your salvation and you will give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. Think about what they're doing. They're going somewhere really dangerous because people need this help and because people need the Word of God. And with every box of goods, we're also giving a Bible. We're giving a book about how to get saved. We're giving that 91st Psalm. We're putting food in their stomachs and we're giving them what they need spiritually to get started in their walk with the Lord and information about how to join us online when they're able to get online again so that we can pastor them Online, We have a huge internet church that reaches the Russian and the Ukrainian world. 
and we want to teach them the Bible. My friends, we're not just giving them a Band-Aid for their problem. We want to begin a relationship where we can help these people grow in the Lord. And if you'd like to be a part of this marvelous, marvelous answer to this emergency situation, just go online right now or give us a call. And when you reach out to us, please let us know how to pray for you. We are a praying ministry. And if you'll tell us how to pray, I guarantee you will not get away from us before you have really been prayed for. But today you can make a difference in somebody else's life right from where you are by just going online or by giving us a call. Paul? A lot of people today are doing things to help the Ukrainians that have been displaced. Thank you so much. Every single church, every single ministry, every single humanitarian aid project that is doing something right now, thank you so much for what you're doing. People need help. But along with what those people and ministries are doing right now, we're uniquely positioned where we are today. We have relationships that have been built over the past 30 years. We know pastors and ministries that are already doing things to help people on all sides of this conflict. People need help. And the pastors that we have met and brought food to their churches. And when people are displaced, refugees, where do refugees go? Where do people who need help go? They go to church because everyone knows that if you, you get help and you go to church, if you need help, you go to church. That's where, that's where you get help. So we're actually finding churches that have already been doing things for a long time. We're supporting them. The pastors that have we've been talking to right now that have been doing things for a long time. They're so grateful because they need support. They need someone to come alongside them right now and help them because so many people are coming to church right now saying, what are what can you do? And even in Moscow, just last week, a lady drove up to church. So we, we have a big sign outside the church that says we're helping refugees. A lady came up to church and says, I have a family who's crossing the border right now. What can you do to help me? Well, Paul, we have helped people in Moldova. Yes. Think about it. The photos we got, the churches we're working with in Moldova, they have been inundated with displaced people. Mm -hmm. Bulgaria. So many people have fled into Bulgaria. Members the Czech of Republic. Kiev Church are in Bulgaria. In Members of our own church are in Bulgaria. Poland, Latvia, and of course the East where they have fled into Russia. In all of these areas, people really are in an emergency situation. And the Lord is tapping us on the shoulder saying, I'm calling on you to do something to help them. And, you know, Jesus was anointed to help people that are in trouble. I want us to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Denise, let's go there. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, where Jesus picked up a scroll when he came into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And the Bible says that he read from the book of Isaiah. And he said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This was his declaration. And now he's going to tell us why the spirit of the Lord was upon him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the who? The poor. And that word poor is a Greek word which describes those that are abjectly poor. And here's what you need to understand. The gospel is an economic game changer. It changes people's lives. And the first thing on Jesus' list 
was that he was to preach the gospel to those who were destitute or to those that were poor or those that were deprived. That's really what it means. And that's what we're doing with a box of relief. We're preaching the gospel to the poor. But Jesus went on to say, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted Denise. We're talking about brokenhearted people, people that are brokenhearted. They have relatives that have died. They can't find their spouse. They don't have a home to go back to. They are brokenhearted, but Jesus has healing for their broken hearts. It goes on to say deliverance to the captives. Jesus wants to set free them that are bound, recovering of sight to the blind, liberty to them that are bruised. Think how many people right now are emotionally bruised. But Jesus has liberty for them. And that word liberty in Greek, the Greek word aphiasis, it means to be totally set free from the detrimental effects of a shattered life. Jesus wants to set people free, and he can. It's our job to go. Just like Jesus was anointed, we are anointed with all of these same anointings. The same anointing that was upon Jesus is upon the church. So we could say that we are anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. We have been sent to heal the brokenhearted. We are anointed to preach deliverance to the captives, and we are anointed to bring recovering of sight to the blind. We are anointed to set at liberty them that have been bruised and shattered by the detrimental effects of life. We're anointed with that same anointing. And another very important verse is Acts chapter 10, verse 38, which people love to quote, and they don't even realize what they're saying. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter is preaching to the household of Cornelius. And here's what he says. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. That's what we just saw in Luke 4, 18. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing what? Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. But when most people read that verse, Denise, they assume that going about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil were the same thing. They're not the same thing. When it says that Jesus went about doing good, it is a very exact Greek word which was only used in one way, and it's used in that very way in this verse. It described a person who used his finances to bring relief to those who were in trouble, and particularly those who purchased food, those who purchased clothes, and those who purchased humanitarian aid for people that were suffering. So when it says that Jesus went about doing good, it meant that there was a humanitarian aspect to Jesus' ministry, plus healing those that were oppressed of the devil. So there was a twofold approach to Jesus' ministry. He met the physical needs of people, and he met the supernatural needs of people by healing those that were oppressed of the devil. He didn't just deal with them spiritually. He also helped them naturally for God was with him. That's what God does. He meets our natural needs. He meets our spiritual needs. He does it all. And we're anointed with the same anointing. So we need to use our finances to make a difference in people's lives when they're struggling. And we need to deliver the power of God at the same time. And that's what we're doing. We're not just giving humanitarian aid 
not just a box full of relief. We're also giving them the Bible, a book about how to be saved. The 91st Psalm, we're laying our hands on them and believing for God to heal those that are brokenhearted and those that have been shattered. We're preaching the gospel to the poor, to those that are currently deprived. They need to hear the gospel and we're sending our teams and we're going through the aid which we're sending. Denise. Rick, you know, Jesus said, he said, I am the light of the world, but now we are the light of the world. Oh, that's powerful. And I was thinking about when you were talking about Paul, our team going to those places. And I know for a fact that many people have not had electricity. They have not had water. And our team is going into those dark places. And that's you. You're going into those dark yes, that's places. Right. That's what Jesus did. Jesus came into the dark places of our lives and he delivered us. He brought his light. He brought his truth. He brought his love. He brought his compassion. He brought his healing. And this is our opportunity to be the light and to bring this love and this compassion or toothpaste or soap or a blanket or a blanket or the most important thing, how to get saved, 91st Psalm, the Bible, and to bring light into somebody's darkness. You know, we're so thankful for everything that you've already done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have made a difference. And that's what we're told to do in Jude verse 20. And if some have compassion, making a difference. You say, well, I don't know how much I can do. Well, $3 pays for a meal. Every one of these boxes is $60. There's 20 meals in a box. If you give $3, you're putting food in somebody's stomach along with the scripture, along with spiritual health. Mm. Just like Jesus, we're anointed to go about doing good and healing. We're doing it all. And God is with us. That's what God does. God does this in your life. And I know that you want God to work through you to do it in somebody else's life. And it's amazing to me. It is amazing to me. It's never been easier to really change another person's life because you can just go online. You know, I think about the early years when missionaries got on ships and they never knew when they would come back again. They never knew if they could come back again. It took them months and months and months to get somewhere to make a difference. And today, all you have to do is pick up the phone or go online and bam, you can make a difference in somebody else's life. It is so easy. And we're commanded in scripture to have compassion and to make a difference in someone else's life. And you know that Denise and I and our ministry have never regularly done this. We just have not, but we're doing it now because we're really in an emergency situation and we're asking you to please help. And I have to mention, we have a second need and the second need is finishing our studio. Guys, we're living right now in an economy that is every day we're waking up to something new. All of the sanctions that have come against Russia, the ruble has changed. The market has changed. Prices are escalating. They are skyrocketing. Paul? Things that are not supposed to get more expensive, like sugar and uh, flour. One kilogram of sugar has doubled in price over the last week. And that's your basic produce, the things that are not supposed to double in price overnight. Building materials have 
tripled in price since we began this building project just because of the sanctions and other things that are going on and it's urgent that we purchase everything that needs to be purchased get everything done that needs to get done so that we can continue to minister to people we're expecting revival and that's the word the lord keeps speaking to me continue yesterday i was on the phone speaking to joel he's not with us this week because he's dealing with other aspects of this emergency and I said, Joel, what is the Lord saying to you? He said, continue. That's what I hear the Lord saying. I don't hear him say stop. I don't hear him say hide. I hear him say continue. The word of God is needed now more than ever. And hearts are wide open. And we cannot allow an interruption to stop us in constructing this studio. Because from the studio... The teaching of the Bible, the living word, is going to go into every nook and cranny in this part of the world. It's going to come to you. And we have to continue. But for us to continue, we need to wrap it up really quick. And we're almost finished. You can help us this week just finish the whole deal. We just need enough money to buy all the materials to say, done. Call it a victory. So we have two big needs. Number one, we need to provide relief to people that are displaced. And if it's on your heart to help us with the studio, we need to finish the studio as fast as we can. Denise? Well, I'm thinking about that word opportunity because it's a door of opportunity to do something for somebody else. You know, sometimes if, you know, we start feeling sorry for ourselves because, I mean, you might be going through something right now. You probably are. And there, you probably do have questions and challenges. But one way. For us to, and, and psychologists say this, if you're depressed, do something for somebody else. That's true. If you're in need, give to somebody else because you're opening the door for it to come right back to you. And so this is an opportunity for us to show the enemy that he's not going to put us down. He's not going to hold us down. He's not going to keep us hidden. We're going to come out with what he's put on the inside of us and give it to others. You know, I hear somebody saying, but what I have to give is so little. Well, hey, let's look at something. Go to Luke chapter 21, a verse that I love because it reminds me of my grandmother Bagley when I was a little boy. My grandmother Bagley was a very poor woman. She was very uneducated, but she loved the Lord. She didn't know a lot about the Bible. She didn't have a lot of teaching and knowledge. But she did what she could to help the gospel. And I can remember as a little boy being at my grandmother Bagley's house. She lived right next to the railroad tracks, a very dilapidated part of Tulsa where I had grown up. It was very sad where she lived. But she lived in that little house. She had so little money that I can remember saying to my grandmother one day at lunch, can I have second helpings? And she said, Ricky, you can have second helpings at your grandmother's house. I don't have that much money. You need to be happy with what I've given you. She just didn't have a lot. And I watched her one day take a $1 bill. I'll never forget it. She took an envelope and she wrote the name Oral Roberts on the envelope. My grandmother couldn't even spell correctly because she had never been educated. I watched her. She was struggling to write the name Oral Roberts. And then she took that $1, $1. She slipped it into that envelope. She licked it. She sealed it. And she held it next to her heart. I have never forgotten that. Never. And it has impacted me my entire life. 
It's made me appreciate what people give, whether they give $1,000 or whether they give $1. It costs everyone something to give. It costs everyone something to give. And when you don't have a lot to give and you give something, it is a very, very sacrificial gift. And Jesus notices. And that's what we see when we come to Luke chapter 21. And it says, and he looked up, speaking of Jesus, and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. Now, this is really amazing to me because Jesus was standing right there where people gave the offerings. And when you read this in the Greek text, Jesus was watching two things. He was watching the amount and he was watching how. And Jesus still looks at the amount and he looks at how we give. What kind of attitude? Do we do it grudgingly? Do we do it joyfully? And Jesus was watching this rich man come by with no worship, no sacrifice, just tossing their gifts into the treasury. And Jesus saw what they were doing. They were just performing a duty. But then... Verse 2, he saw also a certain poor widow. The word poor is this Greek word, which describes those that are abjectly poor, casting in thither two mites. The Greek says reverentially placing. To her, it was a moment of reverence. This was costing her something. Not like the rich men who just cast it in and didn't think about it. This little woman is really counting the cost and she reverentially puts in two mites. And in verse three, Jesus said of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow has cast in more than they all, the Greek says, more than all their giving combined. Well, she just put in two mites, but what it cost her to give those two mites was more than the combined giving of all those other people who could give very easily. And that's why Jesus adds in verse 4, For all these have of their abundance cast into the offerings of God, but she of her penury, or out of her abject poverty, has placed in all the living that she had. And what she did was so marvelous that it stopped Jesus. Stop, stop, stop. Hey, 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 everybody pay attention. I have something to say. And Jesus says, this woman who just gave two mites has given the greatest gift that has been given today. And Jesus was standing there seeing it all. Well, one thing about Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did is what he does. And if he was watching then, he's watching now. If he was looking at the amount then, he's looking at the amount now. If he's looking at how they gave then, he's still watching how we give now. And the amount and the how is very important. And today we have an opportunity to do something sacrificial like this woman. Maybe for you it will be two mites, three dollars. Maybe you have the ability to do something very sacrificial. It's very important that we do what the Lord tells us to do and that we do it with a reverent, reverent, sacrificial heart. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for the how of how we give. And we need to do it with a right heart. And my friends, when we give with a right heart, Jesus just stops and says, wow, that is impressive. And we've already seen in Philippians 4.19, two days ago, that when you give with a right heart, God says, now I'm going to do something for you. Now I'm going to very generously supply for you out of my riches in glory. It triggers a reaction from God when we give by faith and when we give with a right attitude. And today we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to give a box of relief, a box of the love of God, 
along with a Bible and a book about how to get saved and the 91st Psalm and hands that are on the ground there to lay hands on people and share the gospel, their lives will be changed. We're not just giving them temporary food. We're giving them something eternal, eternal. And right from where you are and from where I am, we can reach out of our world into their world and make a difference, Denise. Oh, it's so powerful. What an opportunity that we all have to live in this time, that we can, we can make a difference for somebody. And Rick, I was thinking about, as you were talking about this precious woman and how Jesus exemplified what she did and what the rich people in their attitude that he, he, he didn't speak real highly of them, but he spoke very, very highly of her. And it said that she gave out all of her livelihood. And I was thinking about this woman. And now the Bible doesn't say it, but I don't think she did without. I think that God gave her back more than she could imagine. Well, since that's the law of sowing and reaping, we can be sure of it. Because whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And that's not a racket. That's the law of God. According to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it is never denied, it is never violated. Whatever you do, it comes back to you. Paul? The church is uniquely connected. When you give there, you become part of what we're doing over here. And please pray for our mission teams right now who are delivering these food, this food, these uh, boxes of relief. And please pray that they will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be able to pray with the people that they'll be meeting, be able to lead them to the Lord. And it's not our last mission trips. We'll be doing the next and the next and the next. As long as we can do this, we will be continuing to do this, helping people on all sides of this conflict so that we can be a part of the solution, a part of the answer. People need help. Jesus is the answer, and someone needs to come and share the gospel with them. Hearts are open. The opportunity is there right now. We're expecting revival, and you can be a part of it. You know, many ministries right now are trying to help the people that have been displaced, and we're so thankful for all of them. It is marvelous to see what the body of Christ can do when they agree to do something. But we're uniquely positioned because we're here. I mean, we're really here. And we know all the pastors that are there to deliver all of this aid. So we're uniquely positioned. And we want to say thank you for helping us to get this aid to people. And you can become a part by going online right now, or you can give us a call and when you reach out to us, we want to pray for you. So please tell us what are the needs in your life. God promises that if we ask, we'll have an answer. If we knock, the door will be open to us. If we seek, we'll find. We'll ask, we'll seek, we'll knock with you in faith. And we believe that you will receive the answer that you need. But when you reach out to us, if you let us know how to pray for you, We'll do a better job of praying, and I guarantee you we're going to pray for you anyway. But let us know how to pray. But today you can become a part of this amazing project by going online or by giving us a call. Or you can help us finish the studio real fast by giving a gift right now before the prices are totally out of sight. We need to wrap this deal up as fast as we can. So we have these two urgent emergency situations. Number one, we need to get these relief packages to people that are displaced. Number two, we need to finish the studio. And we ask you to do 
only what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Obey him and he'll, he'll get the glory for speaking to all of our hearts. And together we can make a difference. And that's what Jude 22 says. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And Father, we thank you that you've called us. You have anointed us with the same anointing that is upon Jesus to preach the gospel to those that are deprived. And that is what we're going to do. And we thank you for every person who joins us in this endeavor. We thank you for this in the marvelous name of Jesus. We'll give you all the glory for every life that is transformed in Jesus name. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.